You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Priya. Hello and welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. My name is Tanaya McLeod and we have got a really fun episode for you guys today. But first up, I've got uh, the lovely Priya Richards alongside me for a little bit of a intro. <laughs> Pritchards, what's going on? You have never spoken about me like that. You've never called me lovely before. That's so nice of you. Oh, that is a <laughs> load of crap. I'm so nice to you. Oh, well, it's good to be here back on the pod with Tanea. Doing it together. We haven't done <laughs> this in a while, have we? So, Well, it's because we're always on different places and time zones. And... and you're about to ditch me again. Oh, I am for a long time. Soz team, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to the land of the United States. Uh, on so we're recording this on Wednesday for the pod to come out on Monday, and this afternoon I'm off to the US of A uh, for a month. So you're gonna have to endure some pods with only Priya for a little while. So apologies in advance for that. Did you just say endure? I did. Oh my god, I take back you saying lovely things about me. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, the pod's in good hands. It's uh, it's all mine. The possibilities are endless. It's gonna blow up now. I'm now I'm MIA. You better watch it. You might not be welcome back. Wow, wow, replaced. Goes on a holiday, gets replaced. But hey, you've just come back from New Zealand as well. We're two weeks into the year, and you've been overseas twice. I have. How was it? I know New Zealand was awesome. It is such a different vibe over there. It is like everyone's so nice and it's so chill and it's, it was just a nice change. Coming back to Australia, I, like everyone's so highly strung in the motorsport world and over in New Zealand, people are just, so chill. you know, five weekends are racing in a row. They're just, you know, everyone's on like a five-week vacation pretty much. No one's going to work. They're all just, you know, traveling around the countryside, racing cars. Um, it's a really cool vibe and the beautiful countryside, by the way. Oh my God. Queenstown. That place is incredible. I've never been to, I've done a fair bit of travel and I've never been anywhere as pretty as Queenstown, New Zealand. The place just blew me Stunning. away. Had a couple of days on the other side of the race weekend to explore. You know, went on a boat, uh, went on a steamboat actually out to this place called Walter's Peak Farm, had this big buffet, watched some guy shear a sheep, watched a, <laughs> watched a dog go and like wrangle sheep. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a really cool experience. And then, uh, yeah, off to, off to US of A's uh, next. And then we, I get back, right? So I'm going to go do all the fun stuff in America. And then I get back on, on a Tuesday and then on the Thursday, I fly to Tasmania for Race Tasmania. So nonstop. That jet lag should be fun. Straight back into it. Mate, go, go, go for 2023. I'll tell you what. Awesome. All right, but enough jibber jabber from me about how tough my life is at the moment. We're going to jump straight into this week's guest. Her name is Eden Evans. She is a off road racer. She is also the daughter of a well known, or two well-known rally drivers here in Australia, Simon Evans and Sue Cuthbert. Had a great chat with Eden, done a little bit of work with her and the King Chrome crew in side-by-sides over the last couple of years. And yeah, she is just one hell of a chick. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat.
Aiden Evans, welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. And I just want to clarify that Girls on the Grid is taking your podcast virginity. This is your first ever podcast and she's here and she is ready to spill the beans. It is. Girls on the Grid have taken the podcast virginity. So look out. You guys can uh, hold on to that one forever. There could be some serious editing required in this podcast. <laughs> like I want a trophy for this. <laughs> we can organize that. That'd be fun. There we go. All right, cool. So you're relatively, uh, let's say, new to racing your own car, your own car, but you've been around motorsport your entire life. Now, bear with me while I roll off this track record of Evans' <laughs> motorsport history. Amazing. Your dad, Simon Evans, is a four-time rally champion. Your uncle, also a four-time rally champion. Your brother, Jackson, is a side-by-side champion. And your mum, Sue, is a four-time rally champion because she co-drove with your dad, Simon. So that's a lot of championships in (laughs) one family. Yeah, you'd say uh, it just runs in the blood, I think. (laughs) It does. It does. How long was it before you realised that you needed to get in on this action and start driving something fast well I'm not gonna lie like those um they're just a few of the Evanses that have raced um we've got about I think we worked out that I was the eighth Evans to get um in the car and race um my first year so we actually gave my car the number eight because of that kind of history um but yeah I suppose I'm very new in the car so it's all very fresh to me um but starting from a young age, like I've grown up with it all. Like we've been, we got dragged around to all the ARC events, um, like throughout, since I was probably five, I think I got dragged around. Um, so the fact is it kind of was inevitable. I think that it was always going to end up in the car. Um, I was one that actually avoided it for as long as I can remember. We grew up on a big farm and my brother raced motorbikes and he did all that. And I, you know, I had a horse for a while, which was fun. Um, but then I got into sports. So I started going down the sport path. Um, and then, yeah, somehow I managed to get pulled back in and chucked in a buggy. So it all just kind of happened really quick, to be honest. Um, not on my own accord to begin with. Um, but now I'm absolutely obsessed with it. So good luck trying to get me out. And you did say it does run in the Evans blood. So it had to happen eventually. Had to happen eventually. You can't say no forever, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's just too much fun. Let's talk about your childhood. You briefly touched on it there, but you grew up in a family, you know, mum and dad and uncle that were winning pretty much everything, you know, in that time where you were, you know, five to 10 and, you know, growing up. So you saw all this success and, and your family just, you know, just winning rally championships as if they're just going down to the shops to buy some bread, you know? What do you remember most? What do you remember most about those times? You know, the traveling circus of, of race cars. Yeah, look, looking back on it, I remember it just being like so surreal. Like when I was probably what, yeah, between the ages of like, you know, five to probably 12, we're getting dragged to all these races. And it's all when the big sponsorships were happening. So, like, through all the Toyota sponsorships that mum and dad had, when obviously with Neil Bates and everything like that. So, we're like running around with Harry, like as kids around the pits all the time. So 
it was just fun. I remember just feeling that kind of feeling of, oh my God, like my parents are a little bit famous. Like they're signing signatures, like they're signing their autographs on posters to kids, on hats. And then we're like, you feel a little bit famous because you're on the inside of it all, just running around in little red Toyota gear, like <laughs> causing an absolute havoc. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, it was like family. Like you'd go, everyone was just welcoming us, like all the mechanics, everyone, you all knew like everyone knew who you were. Um, it was great. And then obviously the older you get, you start to meet them again, like down the track. And they're just like, oh my God, like I remember you from when you were literally a six-year-old and now you're like a 21-year-old adult, like what has happened? But um, yeah, like it's just, we got dragged around the country um, and I couldn't be more thankful for it. Like it was never a bad time, um, but watching, getting to watch mum and dad, you know, win all these races and come out on top is just you know, it was cool. Like it was just cool. That's all I can really describe it as. Yeah, just a cool way to grow up. Do you have one like favourite memory that stands out from those times? Yeah, I remember. I don't remember where it was. I can remember what it looked like. I'm, it was in Victoria. It was one of the um, ARC races. I think it was one of the last ones. We're in like a like the winery kind of region because I remember there were grapevines everywhere and all that. And mum and dad actually, they won. So they came in and they won and they did the um, the champagne, you know, they spray the champagne everywhere and do all that. And they pulled me and Jacko up on the car with them, which was just cool. So you're standing there and you're getting everyone's like looking at you and it's awesome. But this might sound really, really weird and I might regret saying this. So I might ask you to edit it out. But for some reason, the smell of like champagne on a driving suit, it smells so good. <laughs> weird that is strange that is strange because I think it smells horrendous really I don't know what it is something about it I'm like oh it's the Evans the blood it's the Evans blood <laughs> just runs through your veins yeah I'm like oh give me that because <laughs> as one person who has literally zero driving ability I think it's horrendous especially when you get covered in champagne not in a driving suit and you have to smell like it for the rest of yeah, I reckon that's the rest it. of the day that's the difference if you're not in a driving suit and you're covered in champagne, gross. If you're in a driving suit covered in champagne, yay. Maybe. Maybe we need to prove this. Maybe we need Picture to. Picture it like Daniel Ricciardo in his driving suit covered in champagne. I'll be there. <laughs> I think it is more maybe like the psychological element of the fact that like you just had some level of success that you're like, ah, oh, it smells so good. I reckon that's it. I don't know what it is, but that's a vivid, that's a vivid memory. That's a vivid smell I can remember. Sweet. So some people sniff fuels. Eden Evans sniffs champagne off driving suits. There it is. The way to my heart. <laughs> Did you ever look at the success and the glitz and the glamour of your parents and have any desire to drive when you were growing up? Or did you just want to, you know, ride the coattails all the way through? Honestly, like, um, like, no, I watched them do all these amazing things. And I thought maybe, um, like going through as a young girl as well, like every driver was a man. So then, and I was with, um, like Coral, um, Taylor was the other, um, Navi for in the Toyota team. And then mum was obviously a Navi. So my expectation in my brain as a young girl was, oh, like I could probably be a Navi one day. Like maybe that's something that I could do. Never in my life did I think that I would be a driver. Um, just thinking that the opportunity wouldn't arise for me. Um, but 
looking at it, looking at the Navi life, I used to, I remember mum sitting up late at night, like every time at the race, doing all her notes and like sitting down in like the darkness of the hotel room with one little lamp on, like writing down vigorously all these notes and all these pace notes. And I remember looking at that, just being like, oh, that looks like a lot of work. Like maybe not, maybe not for me. (laughs) And I just like, that was something I just brushed under the rug and was like, you know, this isn't something that I see myself doing. Too um, much work. You're already doing homework work. and stuff. You don't need to do well, like I, extracurricular homework. Yeah, exactly. Like I was what, like eight looking at her do this and I was like, <laughs> nah, probably not. <laughs> so, so that's when you knew that you had to drive. You just had to get someone else to be your navvy. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't even the realisation point. That was just more of like, a, oh, maybe I'll just stick with sports. <laughs> just kick a soccer ball or something, you know. Yeah. Run. So many other things that you can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so... You're an off-road racer and specifically you drive a side-by-side car. Now, I didn't realise, I mean, I probably should have realised because I had no idea what side-by-sides were until like I ended up on a job with side-by-sides. They kind of run like a lot under the radar here in Australia. They're a little bit bigger, you know, with the Dakar and all that over in like European and America and they're bigger, bigger over there. But they definitely do, you know, run more of a support especially when we have things like supercars and all that and, and the rally championship over here in Australia. Tell us what side-by-side racing is. What's a, what's a side-by-side car? What do you guys do? If the people listening to this have never, ever heard of a side-by-side, how would you explain it to them? Yeah, so this is – I get this a lot because obviously, as you said, like it's not it's not well-known here in Australia. Um, it is very big in the US um, and all that, and we're trying our best to – get it just as big here um explaining it to like my friends and my colleagues when they find out what I do um I explain it like it's like a dune buggy like if you really want to think of the car it looks like a dune buggy um basically a roll cage on wheels right um and yeah so I drive yeah a Polaris side by side there's all different types you get your turbos your non-turbos um and they just kind of keep going on. Like the list is endless. Um, but yeah, I think the easiest way to explain it for people that don't know what it is or trying to envision what it is, is yeah, think of like a dune buggy that's been absolutely decked out, ready to race off-road. I explain it to people as like motocross cross with rally. It's literally like, yeah, motocross cross with a rally car put in yeah, one. That's because like the formats you guys do at race events is are on – you used to go, you guys used to race on motorbike tracks and now you guys do more, you know, the desert outdoor stuff. But the first couple of seasons of side by side here in Australia, you actually went to motocross tracks. You know, I remember going up to Monza park in Ballarat to, to watch around where it like absolutely rained the whole time and it was so muddy, but then you go, yeah. So you've got three of these, say like June buggy things going over, you know, a motorbike, a motorbike's small. These things are yeah. you know probably four motorbikes, but you have three of them going over a motocross jump. Like in sync, it was it was sick. I've I loved when they raced them on motorbike tracks. It was it was so cool, so cool. Like yeah, the short course. Like so, when we used to do the short course stuff, honestly, that was awesome. Like I only did short course briefly. Um, was the year was last year? So twenty. Oh sorry, no, the year before. So twenty twenty. Um, but that was COVID times. So that was short course, but I think I only got three races in and that was hectic. Like you're like lined up eight, like eight buggies across and you just go for it. And that first corner 
is the most <laughs> hectic thing you've ever seen buggies try so to go good around. to watch like as a spectator uh, awesome. it was so good I just watch it on YouTube now just for entertainment because the Americans, they're bloody crazy trying to watch them do that. So, and now Side by Sides here in Australia is more focused on like the desert style stuff. So you guys go to places like Alice Springs and Kalgoorlie and Rainbow and do, you know, a motorbike track may have been you know, two to three Ks and you do eight to ten laps or something like that. And now you guys do, you know, two or three laps of what, a yeah. 20 or a 20 or 30 oh. kilometer 40 50 kilometer course and sorry like 100 80. 200 <laughs> 300 <laughs> a long course this one's not called short course this is long course yeah. long course um, it's literally like going from short course and it's as if we've just turned and just started doing enduros that's what it feels like it's constant it's a, enduros it's a long way like it's a lot like it is yeah we do like depending on the race um each race you end up doing around like, oh, around like 500 kilometers, probably each race Oof. over the whole course of like usually two days. Um, so yeah, each lap is either, you know, the smallest I think we did this year was like 70 kilometers was the smallest lap. Um, just single lap. Like 100, yeah, just one lap and you'd have Sweet. to do that like twice or three times. Sweet. How sick. Yeah, no break, no pit, no. <laughs> just keep no. going. Yeah. And then, Great. yeah, I think the biggest is, um, not including Fink. Fink's obviously ginormous. So that's like 220, 240 all the way to the end and then 240 all the way back. Um, but like I think the next one for a lap was like 120 was the next biggest um, lap. So if you're doing that twice, hectic. That's a long time to drive over bumpy terrain. Like I've, yeah, had, a, I've had a hot lap. <laughs> I've had a hot lap in a side-by-side on like a controlled track down at your dad's farm. And... <laughs> It's bumpy and that's like, that's like a prep track. And then you do that on like in, in the desert, like in the desert. It's just like, yeah, it's so, it's so much on the body. Like it's so exhausting. And then the fact that, yeah, like dad's track, I think at home, dad's track's like two kilometers long. It's actually quite smooth compared to what we normally race. So that's our practice track. That's where we practice. Um, it's probably not as accurate as we'd like it to be, but it's the closest we can get um, in terms of trying to find desert out near Phillip Island. So <laughs> that's the best we've got. What? There's no desert down in down in Phillip Island? No. There's a lot not, of paddocks, a lot of cows. Not not quite the right terrain as you know Alice yeah. Springs either. Definitely not. Definitely not. So you made your debut in the side by side championship in 2021. Uh, in rainbow and you'll enjoy me reciting this little piece of, of commentary where your dad was actually quoted by saying i know she's going to crash it she's aggressive fast and sometimes more than often she's out of control <laughs> the words straight from your dad's mouth so how did that first event turn out how did that go for you that first event, actually, yeah, that's very accurate from my dad, I think. Um, I'm going to take that as a compliment, really. He doesn't really – that is, like, dad's way of being, like, she's got this, like, she'll kill <laughs> oh, so That's good. his yeah. way of complimenting me, and I'm going to take it. Um, Rainbow went well. Um, I remember, like, first, obviously, that was the first ever time I'd actually been in – driven in my buggy. So I'd only driven um, the farm buggy. 
um, probably twice before that event. Um, and I'm talking like maximum 30 minutes in the car. And then I'm at Rainbow in a driving suit, belted up, ready to go, ready to tackle. I don't remember how long that course was, but my first ever race and poor Shannon sitting next to me, knowing that I have zero time in the car, <laughs> zero experience. Um, we actually, I remember the weather really distinct, like really, what's the word? I don't know. But anyways, I remember the weather and it was awful. So it rained like majority of the time. I think we got like two laps of like clean, fresh air and it was really nice. Just trying to get comfortable with the car. Um, trying obviously not to crash or do anything stupid. Um, but then it started raining. And unfortunately for me, my temper in the car um, can escalate quite quickly when I get annoyed. Um, and it started raining and I remember just the rain pelting at my visor and I couldn't see anything. So I'm getting dust and I'm getting rain. So it's just getting mud on my visor basically. And I'm like, got my bloody microfiber, just like constantly wiping my visor. And I'm just getting really angry about it because I, I, it was just out of my control and I couldn't do anything about it. And I'm trying to drive this ridiculously hard car to drive in this ridiculous terrain while not being able to see and I just remember being that angry that I came back in <laughs> drenched muddy as and I get out of the car and I'm like got the adrenaline all running through me but I'm still just like bitter like, <laughs> like a little bitter girl <laughs> and then I get out and dad's like you won and I was like what do you mean I won like I'm all still angry <laughs> And then my mood just changes straight away. So my first ever race that I did, I won my class to be specific. I didn't beat my dad or my brother, but I won my class. So that was an awesome feeling to walk away from my first ever race to then win. Hmm. was wild. It was honestly wild to me. And so I think good. that was the day dad was like, yeah, we're going to keep you in the car. So good. So I've done a few events with you guys as you know, a content creator, videographer, travel and, travel and circus. But the last one was in 2021 up in Alice Springs. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that that was the event that your car got its name. Now its name is Squirtle. Now, can you give me the background on why you called your car Squirtle? Yeah, Alice Springs, what a race. I have horrid memories from that event. Yeah, I, have mem I have memories of you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I won't oh, say them on <laughs> We just had a lot to drink, okay? We were celebrating. Um, Mate, I got food poisoning. Sure. <laughs> oh! I'm kidding. Did. No, you I, did. That you damn sausage, <laughs> that raw sausage that I ate for dinner <laughs> did not go well. Did not go well. And just imagine, like, we all travel. We all travel in this big blue bus. Like, it's a huge bus. Like, it's a it's like a transporter bus. Big bus. Yeah. Big and bus. it puts – big bus. It's got, like, eight bunk beds in it. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. And I got food poisoning. And, like, <laughs> Alice Springs, you're in literally the middle of nowhere. Like, the – the, the, yeah, the desert. Like, the, the, the dirt is red. Like red and everything's like, red. Everything's red. I think I still have red dirt somewhere and it was like two years ago. Okay, my swag has forever been red. <laughs> no, I'm staying on the top bunk. In this oh, yeah. Mm. 
And you got to run get, down the I'm, stairs. Mate, I'm getting up. Like, to be, there was it was only vomit. Don't don't get don't go too far in the gutter in terms of what was going on here. But I'm like every hour. Yeah. Every hour I'm like getting off this top bunk, trying not to wake up the seven other sleeping people, including your dad, yeah. in this bus running down yeah. the stairs and just throwing up wherever I could find. Because the toilets were a solid 10-minute hike. Like the, the, they were the to- ages away. <laughs> it was dark and there was other campsites and it's the desert. I think I'm going to get eaten by a drop bear or something. Like I'm just throwing up wherever I can. I slept in the right. next morning because I didn't really sleep that night. <clears throat> yeah. When I finally woke up, Everyone just like looks at me as I walk out of the thing and they, cause all they see just vomit patches around the campfire, in the campfire, near the seats, over near the toilet, underneath the tent, like everywhere. <laughs> I don't know what they called me, but they thought I was drunk. I'm like, I was not drunk. Yeah, I had they like came up severe with food poison. Oh no. I don't remember, I remember what it was. that. I can't remember, it it, but they called you out for the rest of the trip and it was hilarious. It was, it was not good. It was not good. It was so but- that was my Alice Springs experience. So tell me about your Alice Springs experience. Yeah, they're probably pretty similar. <laughs> very, no, close, um, very close, very indeed, close indeed. Um, so Alice Springs, I remember Alice Springs, that was uh, my third or second race in the car. Um, so second time being in the car in a racing environment um, going. And I remember feeling really good on this track. Like I just, I loved the terrain in Alice Springs in these off-road buggies, you feel awesome. You're like gliding on this sand. Like people don't know much about motorsport and they're listening to me talk about how pristine the dirt is. Like what a laugh. But honestly, for my other motorsport women out there, they'll understand the terrain. Once it's good terrain, it's good terrain. And Alice Springs dirt is like the top tier of off-road racing terrain for for myself, my personal opinion. But the moral of that was Alice Springs was my first crash um, in the buggy. So that was my first ever rollover where basically I had a hairpin. I took the line so wrong because I'm very novice at this point, very not experienced behind that wheel. And I took it so wrong and I clipped an edge and I just went straight over onto the roof. Um, We managed to get out of the car okay. Um, that was the first time trying to get out of the car when it's flipped over. So that was a bit of a, um, I would say shambles, but we got there, um, got out and then the car's just sitting there on the corner, on this corner of the track on its roof. And what we described it as is she just looked really cute. The car (laughs) is a woman, by the way, it is a she, Squirtle is a she, um, and she just looked cute and we looked at it and I remember just, we got some photos. Well, one of the, um, safety guys took some photos and we looked at them later and we were just like, it looks like a turtle. Like it looks like a turtle on its back, like just the wheels up in the air, like being like, like helpless, oh, like helpless, yeah, like, <laughs> helpless, like stuck. Like it's not going to be able to get back over unless it needs some help. And, um, once we took it back, we took the photos back to the campsite and one of the other navvies, she looked at it and she was like, oh my God, it's a squirtle. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> sorry, what? Sorry, what? And I was like, what is that? And she goes, then she's brought up, She's it's a Pokemon. So it's the turtle Pokemon. Um, it's named Squirtle. And it's really, really cute. So she was like, oh my God, nah, that's it. Your car's named Squirtle. Easy. We've named it. Like we're done. And I was like, Squirtle sounds kind of cool. I was like, yeah, why not? Like Squirtle, it is like funny because I rolled it. It was all a good laugh. 
Um, but, <laughs> but then I'm starting when I talk about it and I say squirtle or I say squirts, it's so inappropriate. And I really <laughs> have so many regrets on finalizing that name <laughs> that it is, but um, yeah, going in further, when we've agreed to call it Squirtle, it's come into this season with King Chrome and everything, and it's been quite a big deal. So yeah, pretty funny. Um, if it's I hilarious. can name it again. <laughs> you, guys got, you guys got stickers made up and everything. There's full stickers of my yeah. carving, like Squirtle, and it's like a little devil turtle. Like it's quite cool. Um, I, so I but... remember something really funny from that event. You guys put a sticker after that event, you put a sticker on the bottom of the car because when it flipped over, it got airtime. Yeah, it got airtime. So we put um King Chrome sticker on the bottom. <laughs> sponsors, sponsor stickers everywhere. Sponsor plug. <laughs> I remember that first rollover. I've I was out on the bike somewhere along just riding along, shooting out on the track. And I've come back and just walked over and the campsite's just empty. And everyone's along the fence. And I'm like, oh my God, like what, like what has happened? Either someone's about to win or something like seriously terrible has happened. I walk over and they'll just point and it's just you <laughs> upside down because you did this really good thing that on this 70K loop, you flipped it at this point where all of the see. spectators and teams could see where you were flipped. You know, you had like 69 other kilometers that you could have done that they wouldn't have been able to see it. Yeah, I just thought, oh, here's a hairpin. Oh, there's the crowd. Let's put on a show. The aim was to catch it though. Right. And I just, the inexperience took the better of me there. Mm. Straight mm. on the roof. Yeah, unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate. So the Alice Springs track is actually really cool in the fact that it runs along the Fink track. Like the Fink, the Fink, the Alice to Fink uh track whatever it's called go straight past where this alice off-road racing club was that we were staying so like i i grabbed your brother's bike and went for a ride along the fink track i was like this is like yeah. once in a lifetime opportunity but speaking exactly. of fink you guys have now done fink you know you've competed at fink what what was <laughs> that experience like yeah so obviously going from that championship um and then moving into the australian off-road this year um, has been a big change. As we said previously, like going from short course to long course has just been crazy. So think was one that we were excited for. Um, it is obviously a part of the, um, it's round three of the Australian off-road championship. So we're excited for that. I'd heard big things. Um, I did zero research before um, because I didn't want to, I feel like I'm better not knowing what the track looks like, what to expect, anything like that. So I was just going off what I knew from the Alice Springs track the year before. Um, but think it was crazy. It was like a festival for off-road races. Like there was thousands upon thousands of people there. And like, it was just wild. So we obviously, we've had the sponsorship from King Chrome. We've got the back, the sponsorship from the Method Race Boys as well. Um, and we had like a little tent set up and we're like signing all these posters. And that was like the first time it was really surreal for me that I'm actually a part of a championship that is a big deal. Um, and that was like my moment of flashing back to like when mum and dad used to be like this. And I was like, oh my God, like who would have ever thought that now I'm like, not, I wouldn't say in their shoes because their sponsorship and their racing was humongous. Um, but it definitely felt pretty similar. So that was amazing. Racing Fink, 
you've got one aim going into think, um, and it's just get to the end. Like you're not thinking of your time. You're not thinking of who you want to beat because think will choose who gets to the end and it'll choose who wins. Like it's think not is up like, to Think <laughs> is like the Mount Panorama of off-road racing. Yeah, literally. Like it is an absolute, yeah, it's just a huge event. And we, we got there, um, feeling good. Obviously we'd already had like two rounds of the off-road, um, championship already under our belts. And then we're going into this one. Um, I was sitting pretty comfortably in the championship at this point. I think I was sitting about second in my championship going into Fink. Um, so yeah, the battle was get to the end. So get to Fink basically, because you start in Alice Springs and you got to get to Fink. Um, I think I made it 60 kilometers, I blew a bell. So then you jump out, um, you got two girls there changing a belt on the side of the road. You got all these spectators coming, not realizing that you're women, by the way, because you're in driving suits, you're all, you got your helmet and everything on. They get closer to you and they're like, oh, you guys are chicks. <laughs> like, yeah, oh. let me change the belt. You're wasting my time. So we change the belt, we get back in. They're all lovely. Like they all help us get back in and everything. And then um, we keep going another 60 kilometers, blew another belt, um, which unfortunately, yeah. So about, I suppose, for anyone, it's basically like the clutching system and everything like that. So the belt sits there and um, when it overheats, it just basically can either snap or burn. And then it's just useless from that point. And the car can go into limp mode or if you completely snap it, the car will just stop. Um, so yeah, blew another one and then pulled to the side of the road at the 120K mark. I didn't have any more belts. So we ran out of belts. So then we've got, you've got a team chasing you on the, um, oh, what was it called? It's like the service road, which basically runs side by side with the Fink track. Um, so you've got, I've got like my team following me. So they stop, they don't have any belts. They chase the next team ahead. That's following like Jackson and dad. Um, see if they've got any belts. And then unfortunately it was just the case where we had no NA belts around, which is specific for my car. Um, so that was it for day one. I was lucky enough because I was technically halfway. I got to go to Fink and try again for the next day. So I got towed the next 120 Ks. Did you have to sit in the car? <laughs> yeah. The oh car. no. That would, have been, that would have been the worst. It was honestly painful. Like yeah. we're getting towed by the bloody car all the way to the end. And then you see, and then all the motorbikes start. So that was pretty cool. Cause then you're watching all the motorbikes go past. Um, but then also knowing now we can't get into Fink until all the motorbikes are finished. So the day just got longer. <laughs> so we finally get there. I think, didn't think we, we didn't cross the line. We didn't actually get into Fink until like it was dark. Um, got there. They've tried to fix it. We had no belts for my car whatsoever, which was just unlucky and unfortunate. But then it turns out I'd broken a part of my clutch anyway. So we had to change the clutch. We tried changing the clutch to a turbo clutch, put like a turbo belt on it, which didn't work at all. I think I made it two kilometers the next day. And then guess what? Had to get towed. Oh no. Got towed all the way back to Alice. Um, How long does it take getting towed versus driving it? Well, driving it takes about, oh, it was like two to three hours getting towed. It's yeah, like three, three and a half, four, like ages. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Um, it is what it was. Good learning <laughs> so, experience. Yeah, good learning experience. 
Yeah, exactly. So basically going into next year, um, I've got, yeah, unfinished business with Fink. So I'm excited for it. And I, I swear think- to God, I get towed. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think you'll find any off-road racer except for maybe like Toby Price who doesn't have unfinished business with Fink. That guy's won everything, but everyone oh, else Toby. would like have some kind of like vendetta to settle. Yeah, we say beef, beef with Fink. Got, yeah, got Toby's fine. beef. Got some Fink yeah, beef. beef. <laughs> Fink beef <laughs> makes oh. you angry. <laughs> yeah, what an experience. <laughs> So the King Chrome partnership, which is like pretty cool, like King Chrome's a really cool brand that started in 2021 uh, when you made your debut. So your whole yeah. team, you know, your dad's dad's motorsport team, Simon Evans Motorsport, is sponsored by King Chrome, and it's a pretty deep, like it's a pretty well-known brand in in the Australian and worldwide tools like tools industry. What is it like to have the backing of such a big company and being able to rep their brand, you know, and be a brand ambassador? Um, yeah. you know, so early yeah. in your career. Yeah. Honestly, like I look at myself, I'm very lucky. Um, people don't get these opportunities that easily. Um, dad worked really hard for it. Um, and he put in a lot of, you know, ground time for it and a lot of effort. Um, and we were obviously fortunate enough to come into it. Um, and basically yeah, having such a brand, like I think a brand like King Chrome, they're very like family orientated and they're just very like wholesome, like, they're real people at the end of the day behind the scenes and like everyone is just so beautiful, like kind hearted, everything. Like I cannot fault them at all um, that they feel like family now. Like we call ourselves team blue um, and it's literally like our brothers and sisters everywhere. Like everyone is just one. Um, But yeah, especially this year, I think with the sponsorship and because King Chrome was one of the major sponsors of the Australian off-road championship this year, really, um, I suppose opened my eyes to how big of an opportunity this is and who exactly I'm racing for and what um, kind of values and stuff that they want, that they kind of need. And especially the values that I kind of live within myself as well. So they all match up nicely and it's just, it's honestly like, I cannot fault it. Like it's been unimaginable that something like this could ever happen. And the King Chrome social team do a really, really cool job of putting together these side-by-side episodes, you know, 20 to 40 minutes uh, after each episode of they pretty much just fly on the wall of your weekends and it shows it all. It does not sugarcoat anything. You see, you see everything. You see broken bits on the car. You see guys on fire. You see you on your roof. You see you in process of rolling onto your roof, usually about twice an episode. Yeah, it's you ro- and you you roll over a lot. <laughs> Just gonna cut yeah. to the chase. You roll yeah, over yeah, a lot. Yeah. So you roll over so much that you now have a now hiring position for your navigator. Like you need to find <laughs> a new navigator. Yeah, so I was gonna put that in there at the end. If anyone's interested, anyone's curious, um, anyone wants to put their life at risk, um, I've got a seat next to me for next season, so I need it filled. <laughs> Um, you know, but basically like King Graham have done this awesome thing this year where they've provided content of each, um, each round. And basically what they do is they put these episodes together 
um, of the round and what's happened in the round. Um, there's usually um, like a bigger picture of each episode. So like I think first episode's like about the drivers, second's about navvies. Um, then it kind of goes on to like the officials and everything like that. And then the content team themselves as well. Um, they spent, hour, oh, I couldn't even imagine how long they've spent putting those together. Um, but basically it's like a short little mini series of what goes on um, with the King Chrome race team and how we handle each round and what happens. So if you don't know anything about side-by-sides, it's a good place to start. Um, but the effort that they've gone through to to put it together has just been insane and like the response that we've gotten from it has like you wouldn't even imagine like it's so cool knowing that like it's I've got like a little mini Netflix series out there of my yeah. body head constantly in a car so that's nice and they they <laughs> love to use the the GoPro vision of you guys actually rolling yeah, there's full footage. You won't miss like it. You basically the whole thing. feel like you're in Even the car in, with me. <laughs> in the last episode, they show where Sam and Jacko catch on fire and they have to get out, fire. get their um, get fire extinguishers and fire fully like, it's so yeah. cool. That level of insight, you know, you'd yeah. kill for in any other sport. And like side by side's got it right there. King Chrome team do a really cool job. And like, I don't know how it doesn't get, you know, 50,000, 100,000 views an episode. I don't, I just I don't think, think people 50, know. We've hit 50 on one. We've hit oh, 50 on one. Right. But um, yeah, I think they've gotten, they've been, re- yeah, that, I think it's more trying to crack that US market as well. Yeah, so definitely. Just get it out there and it, it'll get there. Start talking with a US accent. Yeah. Give it a go. Give it a go. It can only help. It can only help. It can only, help. It can only mm. get better. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like it's all out there now. So I suppose it just does its thing. Let the magic happen. But um, um Definitely. Your rollover, <laughs> sorry, I'm just bringing it back. Your rollover in Kalgoorlie at the final round was a 10G impact. What? Oh my God, did that hurt? I could imagine. <laughs> 10G is like, they say the Superman ride at, at Movie World is only like 4G. Like mm. That's like 2X, 2.5X of the Superman ride at Movie World. And we all know what that's like. I think we that all, thing's, that thing's know what that's like. oh man, no. hold on to your hats, fellas. I got the name of the Australian off-road championship of the rollover queen. So um, I like to think that it shows that I don't hold back. I just want to reiterate, <laughs> just, just jump back up a little bit to a quote from your dad where he says, I know she's going to crash it. She's aggressive fast. And sometimes more often than not, she's out of control. <laughs> you can't say yeah, that you don't give it your everything. In Yeah, no, I put everything on the line. I've got this weird mentality of... Um, Again, going back to being a woman, like a woman in this sport, there's only two of us out of the whole Australian off-road championship that are women drivers, so that are female drivers. Um, We're both in different classes, so we both actually don't compete against each other. But there's only two of us out of, I think there's maximum about 120 that race in a race. Um, And I've got this weird mentality in me that I don't want, like, I want to beat them. Like, I just want to beat the men. <laughs> I want them to suffer. <laughs> so then I go a little bit out of control and I push myself probably a little too over the limit. Um, but I also think it's a little bit of lack of experience in the car too. So we're going off what? This is my second year racing. Um, next year, we're hoping to not roll as many times. I think the rollover, I rolled five out of the six races this year. 
that's good stuff. If you want to see them, they're on they're on the episodes. They're all there. <laughs> the whole the whole I'm... Go the, the whole GoPro is is there. One would say most consistent. She's rolling. consistent. She's consistent. And consistency is key, they say. Consistency is key. And majority of these rollovers, I did manage to either land back on my wheels and keep going or get flipped back over and keep going or fix the car and then keep going. The one at Kalgoorlie, however, that was that was endgame. That's right. I was the final that was, round. That's fun. So good. Yeah. That was also my championship that I lost oh. from that role. Anyway, moving on. So how would you sum up your 2022 side-by-side season? <laughs> Chaotic. <laughs> Chaotic. Chaotic, honestly. No, it was like, obviously it was so fun. Um, this is my first, I feel like this was the season of proper racing for me. Last season with COVID and everything and obviously being the first time ever in the car, it was just a bit up and down. Um, but this year was proper racing, proper focus, like big, large competition um and yeah really had to be more strategic in these long courses um at the end of the day being the fastest doesn't always mean you're going to win um because a lot of the time people either crash it or the car doesn't want you to win and it'll blow up either way um so there's a lot of strategic racing needed and it's very um it's very hard on the body so that was a big learning curve for me but yeah, I think I placed second in my championship overall um, this year, which was awesome. Um, I had the opportunity to be first, but I rolled it in Kalgoorlie and it took me out of the race. So I've got uh, unfinished business for next season um, and I plan to bring home a first for the King Chrome team. She's got side-by-side beef. I do. I've got side-by-side beef. Beef with Squirtle. She bloody flipped it on me again. <laughs> Damn Squirtle. Damn squirrel. <laughs> All right. And it would not be a podcast with Eden Evans if I did not talk about your mum's influence on your career. Now your mum, Sue, previously Sue Evans, now Sue <laughs> something else. We'll leave that alone. <laughs> yep, that one. Let's talk about the impact that she had on your career and you wanting to race. Obviously she was a navigator and you touched on before that that was all you really saw as a possibility and that was too much hard work, too much homework. But she was the first, you told me this earlier, she was the first woman ever to win the Australian Motorsport Personality of the Year. Now, I'm not quite sure what that means, but to win like the best personality, she must be a hoot and a half to hang around, I tell you what. Like you're a lot of fun. So I see <laughs> I see that you must get a little bit of that tenacity and uh, exuberance from her. <laughs> How would you say yeah. she impacted your career, your racing career? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, mum is a hoot. Um, so the personality of the year was well-deserved. But um, I suppose just watching mum, watching mum and dad, like, growing up, as I said before, like, looking at it as if, okay, well, if I want to get into racing, um, being a navvy is my only option. Um, and I suppose it's that fact of, growing up and then kind of ignoring racing for a little bit, working my teenage years and stuff, focusing on other stuff and not really um, going down that path. Once I got the opportunity to then race, it was then leaning on mum being like, is this something that I physically will be able to do? Is this something that you believe I can actually do? And she never hesitated. Like having the backing of her and dad, to be honest, like they never had doubt. They never got nervous. They like to think that I'm more like dad 
and my brother's more like my mum. So they actually, like, I know in there, like, I, what is it? Like, I know deep inside them, they reckon one day I will beat my brother and I can't wait for that day. I just can't wait. That would but, be um, so good. Oh, and I just, I'm ready, but um, got to stop rolling first. One mom, thing at a time, Eden, one thing at a time. Complicated. <laughs> Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. But mum, I suppose, yeah, they're just, I've had the support from both of them. Um, like through thick and thin, they're just like, they're there. They've got full faith. Um, Dad obviously helped me get this opportunity and he's one that has just been like, I know you can do it. That's why if I didn't think you could do it, I wouldn't have got you this opportunity. So um, that's huge. And then obviously mum's advice and everything behind the scenes, like, Going in as a driver with no even Navi experience, you go in blind. So obviously I needed mum's help to kind of understand the Navi life and understand all those aspects of racing before I could actually become a decent driver. Because going in just as a driver and not knowing anything about what the Navis even do or how they help is, you know, you're going in blind. So having all of that there and just having all of their support, even my brother, like as good as he is as well. Like he's taught me so much over the past two years. Um, I find I, we pick on him a little bit because every time he gives advice, that man doesn't shut up. So if you watch the episodes, you'll know he doesn't shut up. <laughs> so he just chats. So if you ask him one bit of advice, if I'm like, Oh, I took this corner this way. Like, what do you reckon? How would I, what line are you taking? Or, if I'm trying to catch myself off a roll, like what's the best way to do it? And he'll give you the ins and outs and left, right, everything on what you need to do to save yourself in that moment. Um, he's just a ball of knowledge and all of them are. So I lean on each one of them um, and they all help in different ways and it's making me a better driver each race. So I couldn't thank them enough. And as I said, I wouldn't have the opportunity without them. So they've all been great. Yeah, they're all a great bunch of people as well. Like, yeah, we had lots of fun in Alice Springs, but we'll leave that alone. So <laughs> tell us a bit about your life outside of motorsport. What do you do for your career and what do you get up to in your spare time? Yeah, outside of racing. So um, I'm a sales rep for work. Um, so I work for like a financial tech company um, and basically sell like a financial software, um, which I really enjoy. Um, they send me all over the state as well. They send me to London. I get to travel quite a bit, um, but it's all really fun. It's a very great company that I work for and um, yeah, I can't fault them. Um, in my spare time, I know, like, I suppose that there's a lot of fitness in my spare time to try and, uh, you know, keep up to, up to speed with controlling these goddamn cars. But um, I'm a big runner. I like to run. Um, I recently just ran a marathon, which I will forever brag about. So that's why I'm going to plug it here. Just in case you guys didn't know, I ran a marathon. Have you ever <laughs> run a marathon before? I don't know if you knew. Um, I actually ran a marathon. Oh, really? Congratulations. Yeah. I know why. That's like, that's like just over half a lap of the Alice Springs track. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. Damn. Let's not think of that. Let's not, let's make that. That's impressive that. though. Yeah, impressive. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just doing up with that, obviously, um, yeah, just gym running, hang out with my friends a lot. Um, probably need to stop doing that. Drink more water. 
but mm. isn't drink more water like everyone's new year resolution drink you know i did I, I bought this year i bought myself a yeti bottle yeah there we go like an 80 dollar yeti bottle like the big one the big baby oh what is it one of the two liter ones or did you get like a one liter no nah, it's a big one it's a big bertha oh you got, got a massive one I, got like, massive. I could like literally knock someone out with it it's genuinely a weapon. Like, like I could actually can... hurt someone. And it's a got a really it. good handle that you could just like get some good momentum and just swing. It'd, it'd hurt someone real hard. But I'm going to America um, yeah. later this month. So that could, maybe that's my bit of protection. Some people have guns. Tanae has a full Yeti bottle. It's probably bulletproof. Like you could hold it on your chest and you'd be sweet. <laughs> Hope I don't have to find out, but sure. <laughs> just in case. Um, but yeah, I think, um, that's about it. Yeah. Work, fitness, friends. Um, I'm just your average 25 year old girl that has a hidden talent of racing off-road buggies. You kind of like Hannah Montana. <laughs> Best of both Best worlds. Best of both worlds. <laughs> Don't. Hannah Montana is my idol. <laughs> oh, Hannah Montana is a queen. queen. So have you, like, since you started, have you seen the female presence in, you know, off-road increase? Is there more people getting around? Not just in driving but what is like super important and what we notice a lot of is that there's just more people you know being fans of the sport and watching or you know being a mechanic or being a supporter or anything like that have you seen that presence increase or has it increased since you know you were around the rally scene um you know when you're a lot younger do you do you just see more chicks around that's because that's really the key to it to get more women into the sport we need more people, more, you know, people to watch, more females yeah, to enjoy it. Yeah, no, 100%. And, yeah, like you do, you see it. Like there is lots more females out there now. Like I said, there's two of us driving and hopefully, who knows, next year there'll be more. Um, we've got, you know, there's that many um, female navvies out there now, even co-drivers. So they're everywhere. You've got all like family support coming. You've got all the little kids coming, running around watching. Um, I think that's huge as well. Like just all like even like all the little kids that see you in a driving suit getting in the driver's seat like it's exciting and they get excited by it and I remember being at Fink and getting the question of oh are you a driver and you'd be like yeah and they'd just be like blown away that that was even a possibility and watching their little faces just be in such shock is just such a cool experience because you're like one day this can be you like jump in like let's go um and yeah, they're just everybody, even like the female presence is growing in all aspects of racing, like, especially even in like your area, like all the like film and content, everything like this, they're just, ev we're everywhere now. We're coming through and we're coming through strong and I'm loving it. So, so good. Hey, it's so good. Get them all in there. If only I started younger, maybe I could have gotten to F1, but. I don't think they take 25 year olds in F1 anymore. I think, I think 25 is like the age cap. That's like peak. Like you're done. Like yeah. You're retired. <laughs> yeah. Gasly's 25. Maybe oh, we could, we you know, a little bit, of, a little bit of Eden Evans times Pierre Gasly kind of crossover. I'd get around I that. that. I'd, yeah, I'd get yeah. around that. Oh, yeah. Well, the aim is to hopefully get these side by side series up where Drive to Survive was. And oh, then it'll just be bang. The dream. <laughs> the dream. But you, you mentioned before that. You know, when you were younger, you only ever saw women being navvies. Think about the impact yeah. that you're having, having young kids now see, you know, a female be a driver. Like how special suppose, is that? Yeah, it's so surreal knowing that like 
you're potentially making a difference, right? You don't think about it until you see them and they're just like, oh crap, like the realization on the kids is amazing. Like when they're just like, oh, you're a driver, this is insane. And then like the young girls and everything, there's obviously a lot of um, dads and stuff that drive as well. So then all their kids are coming and they're like, yeah, like those two are drivers. Like that can be you one day. If you want to be a driver, you can be a driver. Like it's not, um, it's not like not an option for them anymore. Like mm-hmm. I feel like when I was younger, it felt like it wasn't an option. Um, and now it's definitely like, well, you can do, if you want to do it, you can do it. Like, yeah. why not? To be it, you first have to see it. And that's really, really important. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. what would you say your long-term goals are? What are you, you know, eventually hoping to to make of your off-road racing career? She wants to do F1, but if we were just saying off-road, what would you say? Yeah, no, my dream is F1. <laughs> Starting now, uh, Eden Evans <laughs> rise to F1. <laughs> the goal is real. Um, yeah, I suppose like, I've really ridden the wave the past two years, um, of this off-road racing, but my aim and my goal is like right now I'm in a non-turbo class. Um, my buggies are non-turbo, um, which puts me a little bit behind the field, um, in terms of the other side-by-side buggies just based on speed. So my main goal is next year I'm saying I'm in the non-turbo class again. That goal is to take away the championship for that class. Um, obviously second this year, first next year. Um, next steps from then on, I want to get into the turbos um, and I want to start getting really competitive with my brother and my dad. So I think a real life goal of mine is to beat my brother. I don't think I'll ever beat my dad, but if I do, then amazing. Um, I haven't really opened my eyes to anything other than off-road racing as of this point yet. Um, I am only two years in, so I'm curious to see where it goes um, and suppose, yeah, it's got a lot to do with sponsorships and stuff as well. So see how they, I suppose, hang on <laughs> if I stop crashing the car. <laughs> and what would your advice be to other women who want to get, you know, into the sport or, you know, primarily in your case, into the driver's seat? Yeah, I suppose into the, into off-road racing, like, my my mentality is like, if you believe you can do it, do it. Like, why not? Like, what's going to hold you back? What's the worst that's going to happen? You may as well give it a go. If it's not for you, it's not for you. If it is, it is. Like, you got to be a little bit fearless jumping in one of these cars. Um, And you got to be just ready for kind of anything, right? Like, have the strength behind you just to say yes and just jump in. Like, stuff it. Just say, like, if they can do it. My mentality is as well, like, we've all got, we're all exactly the same, right? Same body parts, same everything. What's the difference? What makes them better than us? Nothing. Exactly. So let's beat them. Beat them at their own game. Love that. Love that. All right, Eden Evans, thank you so much for your time on the Girls in the Grid podcast. It's been an absolute hoot and a half to <laughs> chat with you. You're such a personality. And if only, what, if only people could see the video behind this for your face, it's just <laughs> like, like, yeah, so good. So good. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hope to see you around sometime soon at some, some yeah. racetracks. Yeah, surely you're coming to the off-road scene this year at some point. Uh, if I have any spare weekends between all of my non-off-road stuff, you know I'll be there because it's a party. <laughs> off-road scene's a party. Off-road scene is a party. It's a cheeky mm. time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's been great. Um, Obviously, yeah, I love to chat. So it was nice chatting with you and nice catching up as well. So great to hear from Eden Evans. 
I love the side-by-sides. I think they're so cool. Um, and I think Eden is super badass, to be honest, because they look really scary, um, but also really good fun. She is so so much energy. Like, she has so much energy. It almost... Just sends it. Oh, my God. Like, I just don't know how you operate at that kind of level because I'm, like, I need to snooze for, like, 14 hours to be able to do that. But she's just so much fun and it was an awesome chat. And Pritchard's, you know what's actually kind of funny? The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racer podcast, that their most recent episode is actually an episode with Simon Evans. Right. Eden's dad. So, like... That's worked out perfect. The lineup of, like, how the fact that they did an episode with, with Simon and then we're just about to put out an episode with Eden is... Yeah, really cool. So if you haven't listened to the Napa Grassroots Racer podcast, you'll find that uh, produced by Network R, our, one of our brother podcasts, I guess, one of the four that we've got getting around. We're repping it for the girls. Go tune into that episode. Um, obviously, after you've listened to this episode first. Ladies first. Pritchards, what is going on in your world? What is going on in your world, Pritchards? 18 days into 2023. We are back at the office now, um, back at airtime, really just prepping content for the year. We've got a, got a really exciting year ahead. I'm feeling super motivated. Um, but honestly, like just waiting for these Gen 3 cars to get built. Like hurry up. It, it can't be that hard. Just put a few pieces together so that I can go and film some beautiful race cars, please. Oh my God, it is going to be a very interesting start to the season. Mm. The fact that we are just a little bit less than two months out from round one and the cars still don't have body parts yet. And not by body parts, I mean like, you know, the bits that go out around the outside of the chassis. The bits that make it go vroom. Yeah, we need those. (laughs) We need those for the test day, which is I I think in a couple of weeks and I just don't think they're going to make it. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And um also just really looking forward to Girls on the Grid for the year. I'm really motivated. I'm really excited. I know I've said this a few times um, before, but far out. We're nearly a year in. Like it was mm. a year ago. Do you remember Network R at the office? We would be – had the whiteboard. We had our – we were writing <laughs> our name ideas. We were writing up oh, yeah. the guests. That's like a core memory. I just – So good. I, it's so cool. We need to – what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We need to do something for our one year. Mm-hmm. It's got to involve spraying champagne. I absolutely agree. I was going to say it will involve alcohol in one way or another, but <laughs> if you know us. Maybe. Let's go go-karting. Let's bring a film crew and go go-karting. Run some GoPros. And we'll drink after we go go-karting. <laughs> of course. Like responsible, like responsible adults, we will drink after we go go-karting. Just putting that in as of course. Just putting writing that down in stone. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> can you rap? Oh, I feel like I just spoke so much. Like, can you actually no. Alright. Can you actually rap? Give me a topic. My name's Tanea from Girls on the Grid. I like to talk into my microphone and make Priya <laughs> think I'm a doofus. Don't put that in. God, please, no. I'm so putting that in. (laughs) Please.
Shut up. Okay, I'm leaving the podcast. I'm so I'm so glad you're leaving for the next four weeks. I promise you guys there will be none of that. Good vibes. You've just listened to another Network R production. <laughs>